0: Now let the words of our mouths and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. And we begin with Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down, when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on their gates. We continue in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 17 and 18. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. We continue with Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Our final reading for today comes from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god today marks the end of our series on interpretation we finish with an overall concept of interpreting the bible I wanted to include this as an insight into how I read and interpret Scripture. And I hope that it is as helpful to you as it is to me when I sit down with any section of the Bible. This is what I keep in mind when I'm answering any questions that I may be given, which, in fact, is our focus for our next series. I will be answering your questions for the next few weeks. And so if you have any that you would like me to look at as part of this series, please get those to me so that hopefully I can include them, if not in this one, in the next time I pick up this series. So, all of our readings are intertwined very much today. And it all centers around what Jesus has to say in our gospel reading from Matthew. The Pharisees go to take their turn going after Jesus, seeing that the Sadducees have failed. They ask him the question, of which commandment <clears throat> of which commandment is the greatest which part of the law is the most important and Jesus answers with two the first is that you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with your soul and with all your mind this is the first and the greatest of the commandments this comes from Deuteronomy this is a rather central verse to all Judaism In Deuteronomy, we hear that you should love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might, that we keep those words close to our hearts, that we should tell them to our children, recite them when we are at home. Anywhere and everywhere we go, those words should be with us, even to the point that you should bind them on your hand, fix them to your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house. And there is a tradition of doing just that. If you've ever seen those little boxes worn on the arm or on the forehead, you would find this verse within. This being the greatest commandment. But Jesus doesn't see that it would be fit to stop there. He follows it up with a second commandment, which he says is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. We see this in Leviticus 18, that you shouldn't hate any member of your kin, you shouldn't take vengeance or bear a grudge, because you should love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus finishes saying these two commandments, he says that this is the culmination of all things. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the point of Scripture. Everything hinges upon these two things, and everything can be seen through these two commandments to love. We hear that repeated in Romans, that all the commandments are summed up with the phrase, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. According to Paul, love does no wrong to a neighbor, and love is fulfilling of the law. I wanted to finish this series on interpretation with a theory of interpretation itself. So that we can look at the way that we are still called to interpret scripture today. Because we will always be interpreting. It's just the plain fact of it. We can often have questions about how to interpret different sections of the Bible, and a lot of those discussions can become very lengthy. And some of those discussions can cause great divides. People don't always agree on interpretations. I really wanted to share the concept that Christ puts forward here, as it gives us a starting point and a baseline for reading the Bible. The key takeaway for me is that when I read the law, I ask how it helps me to love God and how to love my neighbor. When I read the words of the Bible, I ask how this can help me love and understand love. That is the question I begin with every time I begin to interpret Scripture. If the fulfillment of the law is love, and if love is the culmination of all commandments, then it informs us of what the outcome should be when we go about trying to understand the Bible. When we look to what God's will is, we will find love. When we interpret the law, the end goal should be that we have found a way to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, as a part of that. And sometimes we don't see that in the law because of how remote the situations can be. We are often looking at these ancient situations through a modern lens. We can easily let today inform our interpretation of what the law was doing many, many years ago. We often interpret things based on what we know right now. And this can cause us to lose sight of why it mattered to the people at the time. When we sit down to read the Bible today, it can be difficult to imagine a society thousands of years ago. We can lose the full impact of what the law meant and why it was there. We can miss why it existed at all. And there is reason. We can also miss the way that society changed. The last few weeks we have seen Christ interpreting the law in a way that increased love. And that is one of the things that we are still called to do today. It's easy to write off the laws we don't understand. It's also easy to either say that even if we don't understand them, we should hold to them. Or if we don't understand them, that we can forget about them. I think the problem there is that if we don't understand the reason for the law, then we don't understand the love that would underlie the law. If so, we can't live out that love, and the law loses meaning because we no longer understand why it exists and this can happen all over the place one example is marriage marriage today isn't the same as marriage in biblical times in many ways marriage today isn't the same as it was a hundred years ago let alone two thousand years ago many of the concerns of a nomadic tribe don't translate well into a well-established society. We may have trouble understanding the traditions that were dominant in biblical times, and therefore we can have trouble understanding the Bible. And sometimes that happens because our society itself is so drastically different than the society that was there thousands of years ago. Even looking at society a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, the changes are pretty dramatic. We have a difference today in what we need laws for compared to older times. We have laws about speed limits. We have laws on cybersecurity. One of the things that we can miss is how the law may have protected someone in ancient times because of our modern views. We might just read a law as not useful for today without understanding how the spirit of that message can still be applicable today. It can help us have an interpretation that does aid us in loving more completely today. The one example that I always like to give about this is that there are no Biblical laws about how you should behave on an airplane. There was nothing specifically written for that situation. But we can interpret the Bible with the spirit of love and understand how we should act on an airplane, in a car, on a bus, on a train. We could think about it when we vote even though you'll be hard-pressed to find anything resembling a modern election in the Bible. There will be plenty of situations in the Bible that no longer directly apply to us today, just as we have many modern situations that you won't directly find in the Bible. But, when we interpret through these two great commandments of loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, it gives us answers to those questions. When we understand the reasoning behind the things that are said and done in biblical times, it helps us to gain an understanding of how we can live life to its fullest in the spirit of God's love. It helps us to gain an understanding of how we can live life now, by looking at who the law was meant to help and protect, understanding why it existed, and interpreting it for today, because we see the trajectory of all things in the law and the prophets and the letters and in the gospels, that trajectory is that we should rely on God's love more. Rely on retribution less and rely on love more. Rely on condemnation less, and rely on love more. Rely on judgment less, and rely on love more. Rely on legalism less, and rely on love more. In this, the Bible becomes a progressive unveiling of God's love for us. And in that unveiling, it shows us that we always have room to grow in love. When we see the law not as something that was meant to keep people down, but something that would help them to be able to understand how to love God more, and something that would enable them to love their neighbor more, we understand the spirit of that law and the spirit of that love. And we are able to live it out better because we live in God's grace, because we share in God's mercy, because we live out that love as we see it. And we live out that love as we want to experience it. And when we interpret the Bible through a lens of loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, we dedicate ourselves to living up to the ideal that Christ holds out for us. That if everything hinges upon loving God and loving our neighbor, then we take up the mantle of love as our own that when we do our best to live by those two great commandments, we live out the vision that Christ has for us. And in doing so, we are able to interpret in a spirit of love that always brings us closer together and closer to God in all that we are and all that we do. And every day, we are able to love our neighbor as ourselves and love God even more. Amen.